Welcome everyone to the .NET MAUI podcast. We're here to keep you up to date with the latest and greatest in .NET client development. We'll talk about some Azure, some Visual Studio, and of course, .NET MAUI. I'm Matt Sokup. And I'm David Ortnow. <laughs> David, what's going on? How are you today? Um, I'm doing pretty well. It's a bit of a rainy, cold, dreary day. Uh, so looking forward to getting out and finding some chili or something to warm up with. <laughs> nice. Did you move to Seattle? Is that what happened? It, you know what? It looks, I mean, it looks like what I would imagine Seattle could look like right now outside, but nope, still in Missouri or misery, I guess, depending on where you are. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, brand new stuff came out. Um, so just uh, recently, we shipped Preview 9 of .NET MAUI, which coincides with RC2 of .NET 6 itself, um, and also coincides with Visual Studio 2022 Preview 5. So that's a lot of numbers. And I was thinking about this. Effectively, it's really the second release of MAUI and Visual Studio altogether, which kind of puts things in context because uh, we're still definitely in the preview phase. So uh, if it hasn't become apparent to everybody, we have some things to work through, which is why uh, last month, Scott Hunter announced that the .NET MAUI roadmap, the schedule of release, we're going we're gonna to push the GA date back into Q2 2022. So we really want to make sure we take the, the right amount of time to get everything right so that you can have a really good experience for building your production apps that we know all of our customers depend very, very heavily on. Um, so we're not going to rush this out, um, but we are very excited about the cool stuff that we were able to just ship. Um, so among the highlights, uh, there are some new controls that are now uh, ported to the new handler architecture, which is just a much nicer, cleaner, simpler way to use native controls for cross-platform development. So the indicator view, which allows you to basically have that, you know, page one, page two, or image one, image two, uh, for a carousel or for paginated content, very flexible control. You can pair it up with really anything that takes an item source in .NET MAUI. And then the box view, which, uh, <laughs> this is a funny one because, um, it's a very simple control, but you find that it's so fundamental to most UIs that you build that you just you want it to be there. Uh, I remember back in the old days uh, doing web development and all of my web development always had this image called spacer.gif mm -hmm. and it was a transparent GIF <laughs> image, but you could use it to really just kind of space everything out. Did you ever do anything like that, Matt? Yeah, all the time. I, I, that's how I, before, always, before I even knew anything about CSS, which I still don't <laughs> know anything about CSS. Yeah, you put the little spacer.gif in there and you have, that's how you yeah, moved elements around the screen. <laughs> right. So to me, the box view kind of fits that same, <laughs> same need. Uh, so it's there though, and uh, you, it, it adapts to whatever content uh, layout you put it in. Uh, you can size the height, the width, and of course it does take color, um, but doesn't take children. And then web view image button are all in there. Uh, the web view is a great control that's probably underutilized uh, to be honest, in most apps, because I think perhaps native app developers are like, oh, I don't want to do anything with HTML. But, you know, there's a lot of web content that needs to be repurposed and or it's a very flexible markup, you know, for uh, text and, and all kinds of things. So 
Um, being able to embed a web view, multiple web views, even in a single page can be a very powerful uh, thing. Uh, but of course, label does support HTML also. And so that is available, but it's a pretty small set of uh, subset of HTML and CSS tags that it supports. So you'll find that the web view is actually pretty useful. Now on to some of the bigger, cooler things. These are actually brand spanking new. Xamarin didn't even have these things. So borders, corners, and shadows. Super excited for this stuff to finally land. You know, it's not uh, it's not 100% yet. There's a few rough edges, <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, but now you have a border control. If you are a XAML developer, you are pretty familiar with the border control in UWP, WinUI, uh, WPF. Um, so this is a control that does wrap other controls. And of course, you get a stroke. You can set the thickness. You can also control all the corners. And you can uh, give it a shape. So... And most of my examples, I use the round uh, rectangle shape, uh, but you can also do an ellipse. You can do just a rectangle. Um, and then you can, of course, set the dash array and all kinds of other things that you can do with, with the borders. This makes use of the Maui graphics uh, cross-platform, but native drawing engine that we have now. Uh, I, I interchangeably use the term engine and library and uh, library is probably more appropriate. Um, but uh, very cool, very flexible. It does uh, add in most cases, if not if not all right now, it does add a wrapping view to all the controls that are inside of it. Um, so you want to be uh, aware of that if you are concerned at all about the, the performance of your UI, um, if you see that it's starting to drag or anything like that. But in, in our benchmarks and tests using a bunch of these, um, it's, it performs well, it holds up well. So we're not super concerned about it. Uh, if in the future it would make sense to take the border properties and uh, propagate them to the inner child controls that do natively support borders, if that makes sense, uh, we'll look at doing that. But for now, Super flexible, very easy to use. The blog post has a cool little uh, sample in there you can explore. And then shadows. So shadow is actually something you attach onto uh, another view. Um, you can do it on, uh, in my case, for this sample I posted in the blog, it's, a, it's the .NET bot. So you can see that it conforms and draws a shadow specific to the, you know, the transparent PNG, which is awesome. Um, but it also works with any other view or layout uh, or shape that you might use in your application. So uh, you can set the offset, you can set the transparency, or opacity is the name of the property. Uh, you can set the color. The color can be a solid brush. It can be a, a gradient brush. Um, so these are things that you would normally have had to, you know, grab a third-party library for. Um, the the ever popular pancake view was a popular one. Sharp NATO's library also had another set of controls to do these things. Um, but now it's baked into the platform, it makes use of the native graphics engines. So, you know, we're, we're excited about that. Um, I, I can't remember the last time I had uh, an application, a UI that I had to create that didn't need rounded corners and shadows. So there you go. Um, 
Also in this uh, release, we do some reporting on the current state of our Android startup times and our Android app sizes. So if you're eager to find out where we stand on those things, uh, go check out the blog posts with the you know, chart of milliseconds being reported and kilobytes. Um, you know, in general, uh, things are looking really good. Uh, we're basically on par with where Xamarin Forms and Xamarin was previously, and we have more work to do. Uh, there's more trimming work to be done. There's more. And, and so what trimming is, is um, essentially the .NET linker will go in and evaluate your code, uh, find what's not being used, strip that out, optimize things, um, and and therefore, your app size gets smaller and your application will run a bit faster. Um, so there's more of that stuff landing. Uh, the, the reason we're highlighting performance here is because we recently introduced the startup profile for AOT for Android. Um, so this is AOT stands for ahead of time compilation. And what we want to do is we want to look at what it takes to start up your app, hence startup tracing. We trace the startup path of your app uh, and then we optimize for that by ahead of time compiling those important critical paths and then allowing Android to JIT or just in time run the rest of your application. Um, and, and Android does a great job at JIT. Uh, iOS, on the other hand, does not allow for it. Um, and this really applies more to mobile scenarios than it does desktop scenarios. Um, but that's uh, that landed in this release. So we wanted to make sure that we highlighted those things. Um, and then, of course, uh, or not of course, but letting everybody know uh, that we're really excited to see the uh, the ecosystem of component vendors for charts and controls and uh, different things that, you know, maybe we don't ship in the box, but uh, they ship very nice uh, versions of um, are all out there. So DevExpress, SyncFusion, Telerik have all released new versions of their support for .NET MAUI. Um, and also, I'm excited that they're taking advantage of this MAUI graphics uh, library because the more that we uh, can prove that out and see it working, it'll also go GA when MAUI goes GA. Um, that stuff's pretty cool. Um, and so this is all in Visual Studio 2022 Preview 5. And uh, in case you're looking for just the right version to download, know that there are two versions of this release of Visual Studio. There's the RC stable version, which is the release candidate that will go out next month. And then there's the Preview 5 version, which is in the preview channel. So when you're looking at the Visual Studio installer and you're looking at the available builds for you to install, make sure you stay on the preview channel. Uh, it's a whole category. You should be able to see the heading for it. Um, that is where the Maui releases will continue to ship up until it goes GA in uh, Q2 of next year. So uh, if you happen to, and, and you can side by side install all of these, um, but if you happen to uh, get off of the preview and you get onto the RC, you'll notice that Maui is not in the installer anymore. So just head, heading off any questions at the past there on that one. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, David, because... I was going to say, because yeah, you look at the blog post because Visual Studio 2022 is coming out November 8th. Right now, there's two versions you can download and the preview version is where Maui is. And we want to yep. drive that one home. So preview version to do Maui development. 
Exactly. And we have a date for the for the GA release of VS 2022, which coincides very nicely with the .NET 6 GA release, which we already knew the date of. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that we can all look forward to that date. I think I've also seen that there's some, there's some launch parties being organized. Um, so that's cool. I actually, speaking of launch parties, just purchased some Xamarin swag because I don't know if everybody knows this, but the .NET uh, Foundation Store has a whole bunch of Xamarin swag uh, t-shirts. There's still some monkeys up there. And you know what I picked up, Matt? I picked up the black Timbuktu backpack from Xamarin Evolve. You remember that? Yeah, that's still there. It is. So everybody who went to the conference, right, got a light gray one with some mm -hmm. with blue trimming or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. And that's the one that you will typically see people toting around. Um, and I, I've seen it quite commonly. I saw it on the, on the streets of San Jose of all places one time. It was bizarre. <laughs> um, I was walking with Jamie Singleton and, and there was somebody like ahead of us wearing a Xamarin backpack. And of course we flagged him down and had a conversation. Um, but yeah, this black one, I didn't even know it existed. And then we were at the, uh, at the Xamarin conference in Houston that Dan Siegel and others put together and, uh, Claudio. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. And uh, and so we were uh, there and James brought like 10 of these black Timbuktu Xamarin backpacks to give away as prizes. And I'm like, I had I didn't know these existed. And then he happened to mention uh, just recently, I don't remember where, that they still had some and they were up for sale in the store. So, yeah, long story short, I'm very excited that I bought some swag. So if you if you go to a Visual Studio release party, .NET 6 release party, maybe there will be swag. I'm not making promises. I'm just saying. <laughs> and if you can't find it there, you can go to the .NET Foundation store and buy it yourself. Grab it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't something we planned to talk about, but no, no. I don't know. Well, if we're going to go off topic, David, know what the best Evolve giveaway was in 2016? Mm. It was the, the flip-flops. Hands flip, down. You think so? Yeah, those things lasted forever. I mean, hands mine down. definitely lasted forever because I couldn't wear them. <laughs> <laughs> they just weren't very comfortable. I thought you were going to say the battery pack, which which kind of pack. wasn't a giveaway. You were supposed to complete uh, code challenges, right? It was like oh. a scavenger hunt thing. Okay. Okay. I uh, see. I didn't get that. <laughs> you I didn't? Was too busy. No. I was too busy not doing the code challenges, I guess. <laughs> well, I, I, I got one, but I, I will confess I didn't do the code challenges. <laughs> I think I was hanging around at the end of the conference and they had, they had some leftovers and I, mm. I shamelessly asked for one. <laughs> right. <laughs> shamelessly. <laughs> uh, so back on topic. Uh, so we do get asked quite a bit. Um, when are we going to get a Visual Studio 2022 for the Mac that supports Maui? So just recently, they did ship uh, a Visual Studio 22 for Mac. Um, it does not really have much in the way of .NET 6 or Maui support yet. Um, I do have internal builds and I can vouch for uh, that they work with Maui, with single project. So the support is coming for that. But really the focus has been on the Windows side. We want to make sure that we don't get too scattered. We deliver a really good experience on Windows. And as soon as possible, uh, we will be adding more of that functionality, sharing that to the Visual Studio 2022 for Mac. Um, I don't know exactly when it's going to ship, but... I will say soon. 
because like I said, I've seen it, I'm using it now, I know it works. So I expect that in the upcoming previews of the Mac side of the house, uh, it will be there for you. And we will certainly outline what works and what doesn't work uh, as we do ship these things and, and blogs go out and all that sort of thing. So look forward to it. I've seen some early feedback from the community that uh, it's much faster than, than 2019 on the Mac. Uh, it's more stable. It's prettier because... Uh, uh, for those who don't know, it is all 64-bit, which I think maybe it was before, um, but it's all native UI now. There's no mm-hmm. more uh, of the GDK uh, kind of uh, cross-platform UI and some of the things that were making it a bit slower, making solution load a bit slower um, and things like that. And, uh, you know, there's more code share now happening with with the Windows version of Visual Studio. So uh, early indications, people seem pretty jazzed by it. So I don't, yeah. have, have you heard anything, Matt? Um, no, I haven't heard anything, but what I like about the whole native UI experience is that it's going to hook into uh, the Mac like um, themes. Like, So if you have dark mode going, it's going to be dark mode for you. So it's going to yeah. gra- grab all that by, I guess, by default, by it's just going to get it. So yeah. it yeah. gets all that goodness. And I imagine it's going to hook into accessibility to any accessibility that you have hooked in with your Mac right away. So it's and obviously it's going to be faster because it's native, right? As, yeah. as far as, as that goes. So, well, and you know, the, the, something that people might not be aware of is that it is a .NET app. Um, it uses Xamarin Mac and, uh, they're working towards a full .NET 6 version of it, which essentially is Maui, right? So, mm-hmm. um, people look for, uh, you know, what is the big Microsoft app that uses our own tech? There you go. It's, it's, it's right there. It's Visual Studio for Mac. Um, and I, you know, we don't have time to go into it today, but you can go online, find some YouTube, uh, live streams and stuff. If you look for Figma and Figma Sharp, as it relates to Visual Studio for Mac, you can see some really cool integration and workflow with how the designers are able to, uh, basically lay down the pixels for what they want everything to look like. And it will generate the code that delivers the native Mac UI. It's very, very cool cool stuff. I'll see if I can hook some up and put them into the show notes for this podcast. Yeah, definitely do that. Yeah. Yeah. I I could help find some as well. So, um, yeah, so that's that's basically what's happening right now with .NET MAUI. Uh, this week has been our internal hackathon. So uh, there are also some cool things happening there that the community should be aware of. Um, in particular, based on that MAUI graphics library, we have a whole set of controls that uh, Javier and others have been building, Javier Suarez Ruiz. Um, and so what this is, is it uses the drawing um, to essentially leverage the the really cool architecture that Maui has for controls. You know, I mentioned that that's kind of one of the key things we've done here. And so we now have handlers to draw the fluent version of a button, for example, the material version of the button, uh, the Cupertino version of the button, but all share the same button logic and, and, uh, you know, infrastructure, et cetera. So, um, it's a really cool library. I have just been consuming the nougats myself, uh, today because we just, uh, part of the hackathon was getting the nougats out there and distributing them. So we should link to that, uh, GitHub repo. If you're into Hacktoberfest and you're looking for uh, a way to win some cotton, or just be a good contributor to the community, uh, I would highly recommend checking this one out because uh, super cool. There's like a whole whole host of controls that are already supported. You know, it's 
far from done, but uh, very exciting for, for folks who want uh, a very fast UI because the drawing is super fast, um, as well as a, a pixel, basically pixel perfect consistency across all the platforms that you're targeting. This is the set of controls that I think people would want to use. Cool. And uh, of course, along with all these uh, release candidates is um, .NET Release Candidate 2, because yep. it's the final release candidate because next month is .NET 6, re- the thing, <laughs> .NET yep. 6 GA. And uh, so the one thing I wanted to bring up about this is that no longer is it compatible with Visual Studio 2019. From here on out, you're going to be using Visual Studio 2022 for .NET 6. Um just something to be aware of, FYI, that, that's where things are at right now. So with this release candidate and GA um, for .NET 6, it's Visual Studio 2022. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I mean, the great the great thing is, is the side-by-side with 2019 uh, works well as, as also. Um, something that I will mention to be aware of, because we just discovered this literally last night, um, in your environment variables... Check to make sure that your 64-bit path to .NET is, you know, because so how do you know what that is? So if you if you look at the path, it's the C program files without the x86, right? Mm-hmm. C program files .NET. That's your 64-bit version of .NET, and that's where .NET Core and, and .NET 6 exists. Um, Visual Studio will also put some .NET things in the program files x86. And so you'll have two of those in your path. Um, if the 64-bit version is not higher in your path ordering than the x86 version, you will find that some .NET 6 things won't work as expected. Um, and so that's something that the, the runtime team is working on fixing before GA. But just since since I know everybody who's listening is running out and installing all these bits and they, they want to have success, uh, I want to give you that little tip as well. Yeah, in fact, that's actually a pretty good... Um um, um, segue to the Azure service of the month because there, that actually having the 64-bit and the 32-bit path um, confusion is actually one of the top uh, issues that people get when they're running through the .NET 101 tutorials on mm. dot, dot, .NET. <laughs> um, so on actually it's dot, dot .NET. And <laughs> on that website, we do have tutorials to get people onboarded to .NET. And so like the initial Hello World one is, you know, just write a console app for Hello World. But a lot of times, though, when you're installing .NET, you might have downloaded both the 64 and the 32-bit versions. And when people are running that and you do dot, type in .NET run, you're going to get some weirdness. Mm-hmm. And some of that weirdness, like it won't compile or it just throws you an error, might be due to the fact that you have environment variables set up wrong or 64-bit got put last. And... Yeah. So amazingly enough, David, that's actually one of the top issues that people <laughs> run into when they're trying to do the tutorials on dot dot net. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was not something that was on my radar uh, that I was like, oh, why is that happening? But I know that when I was trying to verify my environment and I typed in dot net info dot net version and I was getting some very unexpected results and I was like, what the heck is going on? Yeah. Um, but just to let everybody know, it's not you, it's us. We did yep. this. Yep. We're sorry. And we'll fix it. And we're fixing it. <laughs> yep. And even on even on dot dot net or 
we're going to fix, we're going to have a little bot called the .NET bot bot, hopefully mm-hmm. very soon. And as that little bot is going to help people out too, where you can be able to type in your air message and it's going to help sort everything out for you. And it's going to use in the back end Azure Q&A maker, which mm-hmm. is a great segue to the service of the month, Azure service of the month. And so what Q&A maker does is that it, you can point it, David, at a knowledge base of anything. Like it could just be like a Word document and, or an FAQ online. And what Q&A maker is going to do is going to go through and pick out like question answer pairs for you. And so it's going to then have like keywords. So you can just type into a bot um, like, you know, 64 bit error or like an error message. And if we had that knowledge base, that FAQ talking about the path differences, Q&A maker would pull that out into a key value pair and bring it up. So it has like an API or a REST API that you can use. It has, um, it comes, it actually builds itself a little chat bot um, f- by itself. If you wanted to just use the uh, um, plain basic chat bot out of the box. But um, yeah, what's really cute, cool. And it learns obviously, cause it's a cognitive service and built on AI and ML that you don't need to know, but it kind of figures stuff out as you go. But what's neat is that you can train it on unstructured data. So you don't have to do any cleanup of the data at all. You just kind of set it loose on a, on a Word document or a PDF. Figures things out on what the question answer pair should be. You can go tune them afterwards if you needed to. And um, away you go. So wow. yeah, it's pretty neat. So I, I had, I'm going to start coming to this podcast more often. I had no idea. Yeah, This is fantastic. I mean, we're, we're certainly facing a lot of education, you know, uh, onboarding, uh, learning curves, whatever, uh, for .NET Maui. And, uh, oh, this is my next sample app, I think. There you go. Yeah. Cause it has a rest surface. So you can put that into a easily access Q and a maker through an API and done. Yeah. That's really cool. I mean, so we have, yeah, let's talk more about this offline. All right. This is really Great. cool. <laughs> and you know what? This, this show is really segueing perfectly because we're talking about the Q&A maker REST API to get into some cloud news. The Azure SDK team, which um, their whole, I guess, job is to really unite all the Azure SDKs to make it so that if you're using the SDK for, let's say, Cosmos, and you have to go over and use the SDK for uh, like storage, that you're at home with it. It has like the same idioms and the same feel that you feel just everything makes sense. And then you can cognitively switch between the SDKs easy. So that's what the Azure SDK team does in addition to actually doing the SDKs. They have just published the updated Azure REST API guidelines. So not only are those the guidelines that every um, product team should follow when developing their service, because every um, service in Azure can be accessed through a REST API in addition to um, an SDK, most likely, but always through the REST API. There are also these published guidelines are a good guideline for if you're creating a REST API to follow yourself. So it kind of uh, lays out stuff that you should um, be taking into consideration as you develop a API. And this is coming from the folks who do the guidelines for Azure, which, you know, hopefully I'd imagine they're thinking through all the uh, nooks and crannies of various API design for that. So, yeah, that's great. I mean, there's just like the, the Q and a thing you mentioned, there's just 
so many things that you can do in Azure and the cognitive services and stuff that some stuff I don't even know about, but it would be very nice to be able to learn how to use the REST API with one and know that it's going to be consistent across just about everything that I hit. Yeah. Um, that's great. I didn't know they were doing that either. Yeah. And so, I mean, if you're using it to authenticate one way, the authentication is going to be the same. It's going to be, we're not going to have to refigure out something where it's going to be completely different. It's going to, right. you're going to feel at home doing whatever, whatever <laughs> SDK you're using. That's a good example because nobody wants to relearn authentication. <laughs> I, know. I was just something. talking about that today with, with, uh, <laughs> with somebody and it's just, it's always so, so difficult, but it's so important. And so, yeah. yeah. You know what else is super important, David? And mm. this we kind of skipped over is themes for Visual Studio. And we kind of <laughs> touched on this last month. Um, and that you can actually take in your themes from VS Code and bring them into Visual Studio 2022. With, mm. uh, they actually went and developed a theme converter. So if you have anything you like over in VS Code, bring it into Visual Studio. So it's uh, I'll bring out the uh, blog post for it and pop that into the show notes. But yeah, it's just something really cool that you can go through and uh, do that because they have a lot of the top themes already, I guess probably by like download count already converted and then you can do, but um, like if you're using a personal one and you, you have VS code tuned just the way you want it, export it, bring it into v visual studio and then um, maintain a look and feel across whatever IDE, even though visual studio code's not an IDE, but <laughs> Oh, don't start that argument, man. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you happen to be using, you can have the same look and feel and feel at home. Yeah, that's nice. I mean, I definitely know that like even from our product team standpoint, we're, uh, we don't spend much time thinking about or focused on Visual Studio Code because really the best experience you're always going to get is in Visual Studio 2022. But um, from a broader .NET perspective, we want to make sure that all the things that we're doing uh, work well, no matter where the developer is, is wanting to use them within the Visual Studio family. So um, something that recently we worked on and, and we've been asked quite frequently about this is item templates. So when you're inside of a Maui project, being able to do a add a content page, add, you know, list page, add whatever, right. Um, without having to manipulate a bunch of code and, and write it all yourself. Um, so that's something that uh, we have implemented. And I just was on a call recently with the team that was responsible for it and was pretty excited to hear that uh, they're they're doing all the work to make sure that that's a, a good experience when you're uh, working from the command line with with code, Visual Studio Code, but also it works the same with Visual Studio 2022. Um, and we don't have to author multiple sets of templates. So pretty cool nice. stuff. I, I'm glad we're, we're, we're getting more code share and strategic share between all these different IDEs within mm -hmm. the family. Right. I mean, yeah, you want it to be whatever you happen to be working in or whatever you like best just yeah. to work for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then most developers use multiple, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm in Visual Studio 2022. I'm in Visual Studio Code. I'll even yeah. pop open text note text. What is that thing called? Notepad. Notepad. <laughs> Notepad. Yeah. What about, what's the other one? Text edit, text pad, text plus plus, notepad plus plus. Yeah, I don't well, know. Well, you know, if you really want to go, go way, way back on the Mac, you got text mate, you got sublime, you got Adam. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so many things that I'll never do. <laughs> I use VS code all the time for a uh, markdown though. It's, it's yeah. a great markdown editor. Um, but yeah, that's me. David, are you okay? .NET Conf is coming up. That's 
first week, second week, November. Yeah, it's the uh, 9th, 10th, 11th, I think, somewhere in there of uh, November. So like I said, coincides nicely with that uh, November 8th Visual Studio launch. And uh, I will be around. Um, you can look forward to seeing a lot of uh, Maddie Montakia. Congratulations to Maddie. Last yeah. name is. So Maddie Legere got married. Did you know that? Maddie Legere got married. I saw it on Twitter. <laughs> so she has updated all of her socials and um, she will be uh, participating in the .NET Conf. I believe she has uh, some demos for the keynote as well as some sessions. Uh, so I will be around supporting and helping and talking to developers. But yeah, uh, we're, we're gearing up. We've got some cool stuff to share. Um, even though it's, uh, it's still another preview of .NET MAUI, we're, we're aiming to make it a really, really good one. Super excited for that, and I'm actually I'm really excited to test out all the all the drawing controls that are out now, mm. the borders and the and the shadows. I haven't had a chance to, to play with them yet, but downloading as soon as I'm done editing the podcast, I want to mess around a little bit, see what ugliness I can <laughs> contrive. Leading edge stuff, man. You'll uh, you'll definitely uh, have some fun. Uh, don't get too frustrated. It's going to get better. It's all getting better. Cool. Well, David, I think we did it. We made it all the way through every bullet point we wrote down. (laughs) Were they written down? I was just rambling. You're just rambling. (laughs) Oh, it's easy to talk about stuff that you get excited about, though. So, well, this is good. I look forward to doing this again next month. Uh, We'll have a lot of stuff to recap from .NET Conf by then. Yes, Um, we will. And we'll have a whole new release to talk about. Yep. Until then, see everybody in November.